Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, terrifying townhouse of totally tubular topics. I'm Jody. <laughs> and I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm James, and I was almost wondering where that was going to go, because it, it hopped between Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and terrifying horror. <laughs> I, see, I see why you had to write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you. I'm never going to introduce it that way. <laughs> I will never do that again. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to do it one time. <laughs> ah, I have satisfied that urge. So, yeah, that's what I said about uh, massage parlors. And here we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that'll be a story for outside of the uh, never mind <laughs> I was going to say something else and, I, and I'm not going to Okay. not because it's crude but sometimes I don't want to bring other people into the <laughs> podcast <laughs> I understand alright so we've done two episodes this is number three for the evening and, and I had been drinking a it was called a uh, raspberry milkshake stout with uh, raspberries and milk sugar and cocoa nibs yeah from uh, Rochester Mills Brew Beer Company. Yeah, I actually put another beer into the fridge. Actually, two more, just in case you know whatever we did. Uh, but I thought, fuck it. One of the others I put in there is the Pastryarchy Chocolate Raspberry Stout from Duclaw Brewing. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, it's it's not a milkshake one, and this one I've had. It is good. I just I thought I'm going to keep with the raspberry chocolate stout thing going tonight. It's not my usual thing, yeah. but sometimes they're good. This one is 7.6% good. Okay. It's rich and thick. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you're still uh, you're still having water? Yeah. I just had a drink. I didn't say. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I got a bottle of port the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, looking forward to opening that up because that'll be a nice episode of various things well actually we're talking about doing a food episode of like just stuff so yeah it it could go in there maybe we'll see you know but but do expect me to talk about port sometime soon (laughs) (laughs) and and a a weird wonky sports one coming up because i got a book today called uh shit it's not here in front of me it's something like uh is it in front of me Uh, it's over there damn i can't reach it something like 80 pints around the world oh no around the world and 80 pints that's it Okay, cool. But it's written by a guy who's done cricket. Uh-huh. So he's got a bunch of stories about cricket and stuff and beer. So, okay. So between that and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy's take on cricket. Yeah. It'll be a cricket episode coming up. Cool. But Jody has no idea what tonight's episode is out. Is I'm... out? Is it, is it, it's a boot. <laughs> Just, just kind of like you had no idea what I was going to do for the intro. I did not, and it was t- terrifying and tubular. <laughs> <laughs> totally rad, dude. <laughs> Aim for the cat, Evil Dave. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so to move on, uh-huh. focus, focus. <clears throat> During the Led Zeppelin Houses of the Holy. Arc that we've been doing, which as we're recording this, we've recorded them all, but we tend to space them out a bit. Yeah. Uh, 
I think only two of them have come out so far, or maybe maybe tomorrow. Anyway, we've we've talked about doing episodes on Jimmy Page with Aleister Crowley and Nicole and stuff. Yes, we have. So tonight's episode, well, third of whatever, is on John D. I've heard that name. Yes. Born July 13th, 1527 in the Tower Ward, London, and died either December 1608 or March 1609 in Mortlake, London, because most places don't know for sure, although according to the St. Andrews University webpage, he was he died on March 26, 16.09. But this will go into the occult thing because he is well known as I almost said Saint Elizabeth. I don't know why I said Saint Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth the <laughs> First. Mm-hmm. He was an advisor to her and the court astronomer. But he's also a well-versed mathematician, uh, navigator, uh, occultist. Yep. And at the end of the episode, you'll see how this starts to tie in to Jimmy Page, even though this is from the 15 to 1600s. Okay. Anyway, the surname D is an Anglicization of, fucking English, of the Welsh do, which means black. Okay. And his father was Welsh, and he claims descent from Rodri the Great, who was the ninth century ruler of Gwynedd, one of Wales, because Wales wasn't a whole country at the time. They had little, you know, fiefdoms, if that's what you want to call them. And Gwynedd was a big one, and, and he was the ruler. We could do a whole episode on Rodri the Great, because he was... Uh, well, he's great. <laughs> what do you think, Rodri? Was he good? No, he's great. He's great. <laughs> he's great. <laughs> You're a mean one, Rodri Moore. <laughs> Sorry, same voice. You know, if any of you know, <laughs> uh, yes. the hell, Thurl, I forgot. Thurl Ravencroft. Ravencroft. Thorough. I remembered. How the fuck did I forget Ravencroft? I don't know like the most awesome fucking name ever yeah yeah but he he sang you're a mean one mr grinch in the animated thing and, and was also the voice of tony the tiger yes hence the context which means i have to take a drink oh so do i even though i'm drinking water you still have to drink it's, i did it's still a drink <laughs> <laughs> all right so d was a christian no catholic at the at the time no 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 um actually he kind of was trying to marry Catholicism and Protestantism and an old school uh, theosophy and shit all, like all together, but that that's kind of beyond the point of this. So, yeah, that I, sounds I, overly I, complicated and not worth the effort. Yeah, yeah, not. No, let's let's just go back to the old ways and fuck in the fields. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, talk me into that. Oh, but D was a, a Christian, but his religi- religiosity, Jesus, I can't, oof, it is, yeah, I'm not going to say it again, you know what I mean. Yes. Was influenced by Hermetic and Platonic Pythagorean doctrines. Uh, Hermetic, by the way, is like ancient occult traditions of alchemy, astrology, theosophy, uh, which is the knowledge of God, can be obtained through spiritual ecstasy and intuition and direct in- individual relations. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, you got the Platonic ideals, Pythagorean, you know, Pythagoras had the, the math stuff and, and A squared plus B squared equals C squared and, you know, stuff. Witchcraft! <laughs> burn him! Burn him! 
but D, John D, he believed that numbers partitionally drawing, part, partitionally, part, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading some Irish stuff later about the partition and it's stuck in my head and pissing me off still. <laughs> <laughs> Harshly drawing upon the hermetic tradition that man had the potential for divine power that could be exercised through mathematics, he believed that numbers were the basis of all things and key to knowledge. And I have to say, I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> you would say that. <laughs> numbers. Woo. Of course, as Jody said earlier in the other episode, no, two, ah, ah, two anecdotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's your favorite vampire? The Count from Sesame Street. He doesn't count. I assure you he does. <laughs> <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm not going to give a whole biography of D. It would it'd be a huge episode and some of it's boring, some of it's not. It's interesting, but I'm gonna kind of give the parts that more overlap with our podcast themes and stuffs. Okay. Uh for one, I mean, you know, who wants to hear about how he died and you know, pretty much poverty. That's just a downer. Yes. Uh, so I will say the first part I have listed as colonies. In 1577, D published a new vision for England called General and Rare Memorials Pertaining to the Perfect Art of Navigation. And, and in this, he proposed the rise of the British Empire using historical precedents, including prior claims to the New World. Oh, okay. Yeah, part of this was from Geoffrey of Monmouth's Arthurian Legends, where King Arthur had conquered Ireland. Yeah. To, to indicate that, I, by the way, I, you probably heard it in my voice, but I did do air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but to indicate that England should establish a British empire abroad and also uses claims that, that King Arthur and Brutus of Britain, who was the legendary first king of Britain, a descendant of the Trojan hero Aeneas, Okay. They they had conquered areas of the New World, along with the Welsh king Madagabowen Gwynedd, who was supposedly the first person to discover America in 1170. Okay, but um, would that would that wouldn't that be after Leif Erikson? That he doesn't count. Oh well, that's true. Yeah, because it's not okay. Yeah, because it's not British, <laughs> and if it's not British or English, fuck off. <laughs> Actually, there's some uh, Brendan the Explorer. Um, I think he was Irish. There are even hints that he was even there before Leif Erikson. <laughs> That's yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, or the Explorer, the Navigator. Fuck, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm happy I remembered his first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but D argued that this vision could become reality through maritime supremacy, and England should reap the rewards offered by colonizing new lands and exploiting the new resources. Well, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> no? Oh, uh, but D's grand plan presented a direct challenge to the Spanish and Portuguese economic and religious monopoly, which the Queen could not afford to give over support to such ventures because that would cause a war that would fuck everybody up. Uh, so, so she couldn't really do much overly financially or politically, uh, but she did use a subtle approach and kind of did that whole uh, asset. Like, I'm not going to start anything, but, you know, 
if some of you like you, Sir Francis Drake, want to go fuck some Spaniards over and steal their gold, <laughs> well, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she's more of an enabler, giving passive approval to England's, uh, one of the, the article I got this part from, England's entrepreneurs who were thinking big. <laughs> uh, but some people do give the term British Empire being coined as credit to John D. So he was he was a little just a little bit ahead of his time, but yeah, they yeah. Uh, well, wasn't it wasn't it during her reign that the Spanish did get tired of that shit and they tried to invade England and that's when they got wiped out by the storm? The, the, uh, yeah, Armada got wiped out in that storm. Yep, yes, it was. Yeah. So yeah, some of my family lore is that Sir Francis Drake is a an ancestor. Um, I have since actually, here's the downside of actually enjoying research. I discovered that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have Drakes, but that doesn't, they're not Sir Francis. Yeah. You know, one of my uncles, we've on the Welsh side, we have a um, Morgan, Captain Morgan. He's like, oh, descend from Captain Morgan, the pirate. Uh, no, we're descend from Captain Morgan, the naval officer. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very, very different thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that part was neat because, you know, it talks about King Arthur and then some history and stuff. Yeah. The next little bit that overlaps with our podcast is that D would go around to other countries and, and go to courts and talk to a lot of people. And he, he spied a bit for, for Queen Lizzie. Okay. And he would sign off. With it wasn't exactly all numbers, that it was more of a, a fancy sort of weird thing. But he pretty much signed off instead of his name, but he signed off with 007. <laughs> it's uh two zeros and a kind of a long seven that hooks over the zeros, but yeah. So, That's funny. It's awesome, man. Four centuries before James Bond. I I wonder if Ian Fleming was aware of that, and that's why he chose that. Fleming once said <laughs> that he took 007 from the zip code 20007 for the Georgetown area of Washington, D.C., where many CI agents lived. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, some people also think it may be a reference to breaking the German diplomatic code. Um, but oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, So, no, I, I don't think he had any idea about John D. That's funny, though. Uh, I know, I love that. <laughs> All right, next part. A little bit on the theater. Theater, my good sir. Avast. Theater. Oh, wait, no, that's the pirates. We are the pirates of Pizance. Mm. We'll <laughs> kick you in the pants. Wait, that's, that's not how it goes. As as I know it's how it goes. <laughs> when he was 20, I'm going to move on. Okay. D created one of the first magic devices in English theater. He he built a great flying bird with a man on its back that would go through the air for an Aristophanes play. And, cool. Yeah. Well, primitive. I mean, this, what, 20 and he was born in, so, 1547? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the audience was stunned by it and loved the sheer novelty of it. Cool. And then historical researcher Joy Hancocks came across a collection of hundreds of drawings, once owned by John Byram, 
who was a real well-respected member of the Royal Society in the 1700s, but his life was shrouded in mystery and in intrigue. And, and out of all these, Joy deduced that four of these drawings were plans for the original 1599 Globe Theater, and she suspected they were created by John Dee. Hmm. And then an author, James Egan, who had been studying John Dee, or has been studying John Dee, mm -hmm. to, to get a better idea of Dee's mathematical cosmology, Egan translated from the original Latin, Dee's 1558, I'll fuck these up, um, aphoristica, which is preparatory aphorisms, and his 1564 monus hieroglyphica, or the sacred symbol of oneness, and like Shakespeare and other Elizabethans, John Dee was an ardent punster, and by solving various word puzzles and geometric puzzles which Dee had concealed in those four drawings, Egan has found what he feels are the precise proportions and dimensions for the original Globe Theater. Really? Yeah. Cool. Rather neat. Yep. I mean, yeah. it talks about, you know, the harmony and shapes and everything but egan's conclusion was that there's only one person who could have conceived such a brilliant plan john d huh he actually goes into more detail he actually recently published i think yeah i got the year here uh, there's a book he wrote called scoring the circle is the key to john d's design for the 1599 globe theater published 2014 hmm. and for those of you who are unsure the globe theater is where shakespeare plays like a very famous Elizabethan yeah. theater. And by the way, scoring the circle is a problem in geometry because math <laughs> is a first proposed in Greek mathematics because it's the challenge of constructing a square with the area of a circle by using only a finite number of steps with the compass and a straight edge. Oh, okay. But mathematicians have since shown that it's impossible because pi is a transcendental number. Which means? Uh, never repeats and never ends in the decimal. Yeah. I actually knew that. <laughs> nice. I'm glad I did because I would have felt bad. Have you? <laughs> I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I assumed you knew that. <laughs> Why is it transcendental? Uh, likes opium? <laughs> <laughs> and now the final section, which will bring us Closer to the Jimmy Page aspect. Oh, okay. Anakian magic. Oh. Yep. D also came up with an occult language, Anakian, and was reportedly given this by angels. Um, for anybody who watches the show Supernatural, that is the language they use. Okay. Is uh, recorded in his private journals, along with the journals of his colleague, Scryer. You know, like uh, somebody looks into somebody who ponders his orb. Reference. <laughs> Junior, Edward stop Kelly. pondering your orb. God, we're trying to finish this episode. Stop pondering your orb. <laughs> oh, <laughs> anyway, <That way>. this, <laughs> if you don't know what meme we're talking about, just Google ponder pondering my orb or wizard pondering his orb and you'll see <laughs> yeah which which we've talked about in this podcast before 
which comes from Lord of the Rings role-playing game, which, as we record this, today is April 27th, where Bilbo leaves the Shire with the dwarves to go to Mount Erebor. Ha <laughs> 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 But anyway, the language helped with ceremonial magic, and these journals included that language and tables for the magic, and there are books and scripts and all sorts of things that Dee and Kelly wrote together, such as the Liber Lurgeth, which is the Book of the Speech of God, which is also known as Liber Mysterium Sextus et Sanctus, which is the sixth and sacred book of the mysteries, because there were five such books before this one, and okay. more things written later, uh, which he also called the Book of Enoch. So it, it must be Enochian magic, but I've heard Enochian in you know shows, but the Book of okay. Enoch sounds weird. I've never heard it pronounced Enoch. I've always heard Enoch. Yeah, me too. So must be a Nokian and not a Nokian. Yeah. That's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the system uses keys, which are evocations, which is how you invoke a spirit or deity or demon. And then tables are based off of the elements, you know, the four elements, earth, air, wind, fire, and their corresponding entities, which could be angels. Yeah, uh, kind of didn't go much further for a while, but then the system in the 1880s would be brought into use by the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn by Samuel Little McGregor Matthews as he worked on a system of ceremonial magic. Oh. And Samuel was the second grant. Oh, I, I, I had this little note because I read it earlier and they actually have like who their head president, whatever it was. And in my notes, I wrote the second grand poobah. <laughs> but I, and I, I don't think and that's right. It's not right. And it's, I'm not doing it to be a dig because I don't need any of the ghosts of these guys to come back and haunt me tonight. <laughs> but, but he was the second but one in charge. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the golden darn, the, the golden darn, ah, Jesus. <laughs> They've already cursed me. No, you're, you're just drunk. <laughs> Uh, the Golden Dawn started in 1887 and dissolved in 1903, although there were reconstructive uh, reconstruction temples that persisted even into the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And the Golden Dawn had members such as Maud Gunn, Irish revolutionary, mm -hmm. who was amused for William Butler Yeats, mm -hmm. Irish poet, who's also a member. Yes. Uh, Arthur of Knew what? It was a rival of. Oh, well, th that person's not a member, so I wasn't going to go into it. But you do. I'm going to take a drink. Okay. Yeah, he was a rival of Aleister Crowley. I thought you were going to say he's a rival of a lot of people. I thought you were going to go somewhere else. <laughs> no, Crowley. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew you were going to mention Crowley eventually. <laughs> I am, actually. After I mentioned Arthur Macon, our author, <laughs> known for a short horror novel, The Great God Pan, which has been on my to-read list for a while. I should get it. And yeah. Also, the short horror story, The White People, which I have read and enjoyed. And just want to mention, you can get these along with The Fragment of Life and The Inmost Light in his collected book, The House of Souls, which is published in 1922 and available in the public domain. Okay. Then, yes, the next person I had on here. <laughs> uh-huh is Aleister Crowley. Mr. Crowley. 
who we will discuss next time, because that's the reason we're doing this arc with Jimmy Page and the occult, with Jimmy and his love of Aleister Crowley and things. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking of this a uh, little three-part arc. This is the first part. Going to have a piece on uh, tarot cards, the Rider Waite tarot deck with the people who created that, and uh, Aleister Crowley with Jimmy Page weaved in and out. How's that sound? This sounds good. Yeah. But that's it. Little episode on John D. Do you have anything, my good sir? I mean, no. syphilis, but besides that. No. <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> oh, good. You got it cleared up. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Anyway, do you have anything to add? <laughs> I do not. I do not have anything to add. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, in that case, because by the prickling of my thumbs, 9.50 p.m. comes. <laughs> <laughs> and... I'm hearing the call to read a little bit of a D&D book and then go to bed. <laughs> there you go. You should rate us, write us, review us. And when you do so, if you want to use Enochian language, that would be awesome. We wouldn't understand it, but yeah. <laughs> depending on which which uh, spell you're doing in ceremony, because, you know, there are bad ones too. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. <laughs> May your genitals shrivel and... Uh, a couple years too late for there. <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back soon with something this episode will probably go in between the current Led Zeppelin arc so when you hear us say uh, sometime in the future well the future is now <laughs> in fact this may come out before the episode where we say in the future so <laughs> but as we know time is very wibbly wobbly uh huh at least according to uh, Doctor Who who's played by yeah, David Tennant who also voiced Scrooge McDuck and a demon named Crowley. <laughs> yes, which I think they actually did base his name off of Crowley, but, you know. I think also, they did, also, too, yeah. Also, the pun of him crawling on the ground being the snake in the garden. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. we can keep going on, but yeah. Uh, Jody talked about watching Good Omens, uh, so I recommend it. Love the book, too. Yeah. yeah that, that's remember, where that came from. Yeah. I've, I've I've been watching the series. I definitely recommend the series. And man, yeah, if, if the series is anywhere near as good as the book, I would probably recommend the book. It, there's a uh, dramatization too that you can get on at least on uh, Audible, if you know nowhere else, which which is quite good. Cool. Those those are besides the points. It is now yes. nine fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying we should wrap this up? <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jody. <laughs> I was going to try to make some Enochian talk to you later, but no. No. No, we'll just talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. I'm going to start. Right on. Like our buddy Ridge, who's just thick. <laughs> <laughs> Since you have nothing to add, well, I've got numbers. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean add to the episode? No, I have nothing else to add to the episode. Okay, uh, all right, good deal. <laughs>